panel up stewardship. So we're going to talk for the next couple of weeks about stewardship. And I know like there may be a temptation for you to go, oh, goodness, pastor's going to talk about money. And I am going to talk about money at some point. But we've been given way more, more than money from God. Would you agree? And so we're going to walk through some, some really things in our life that affect us on an everyday basis that God has allowed us to be stewards of. Everything that I believe in my heart, everything that I have, God gave me. I believe that. I believe that all the way throughout my life. And so I'm responsible and have been given the free choice and free will to be a steward of those, those things that God has given me. God made Jason the way He made Jason because He wanted Jason to do a certain thing. God made Glenn the way He made Glenn because He wanted Glenn to do a certain thing. Which, by the way, you're very good at it. So, so the, the idea is, is stewardship. I'm a steward over the things that God has placed in my life. Romans 14.12 says it like this. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We could probably pray right now, read that again, and leave. Because that's very frightening to me. Isn't it? Oh, that's heavy. That's heavy. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. I am going to give an account of myself to God one day. And I believe this because I believe the Bible and the Bible says this. I'm going to stand before God one day and God, God's going to ask me this question. What did you do with what I gave you? <clears throat> That's rough. Now some of you that are here today just to check the church box, this ain't going to work for you. It's not going to work at all because this is challenging. This is Ch- Steve and I were in my office last week looking over all these scriptures and, and working. And I'm like, oh, I don't even think I want to preach this. Because then I have to live it. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. If you go over to 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, we have always taken that scripture to mean money. And it has to do with money. We're not going to talk about money today. We're going to talk about our gifts. We're going to talk about our talents. We're going to talk about our relationships and our relationship with God. Where are you sowing who you are into those areas? If you look at the definition, stewardship defined says this. The position and duties of a steward, a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, and a state. Check this out. You're a steward over your family. Right? Think, think about that. This is, this is not a money thing. It is and it isn't. The responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Stewardship. It's a, a, a very interesting concept, and the Bible talks much about it. And so there's only three points today, but there's a lot of Scripture. So I hope you take notes. If you're not taking notes, you can get online and get, get all the PowerPoint. It's always posted there. But let's pray just for a second and ask God to do something in our hearts today. Father, would you challenge us today? Challenge us with, with the things that you've given us. 
Lord, you left them to us to be good stewards over them. And I just ask today, Father, that I would get out of the way and then you would get in the way of our everyday lives. Speak to every heart as you see fit, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, I'm a steward of my gifts. 1 Peter 4, 10-11, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Wow. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Go back to the point, Larry. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. It's interesting there that it doesn't say each of you should use every gift you've been given to make money. Which, we, we can do that. Each of you should use every gift that you've been given to, for, so people will look at you and say, Wow, that's an awesome dude. Wow, she's really successful. It says... What? To serve others. And this is like, I'm going to say it again, this is like a dentist appointment. It's no fun, but you'll feel better when it's over, okay? (laughs) To serve others. In other words, the gifts that God has given me, what I'm good at, I should use those to be serving others. Are Are we doing that? That's a good question, isn't it? Now, again, you can't do everything, but you can do something. i got people in my life that are really, really good at offshore fishing. I'm just saying, it's a gift. If you've ever tasted Wahoo, you'd know it's a gift. And every once in a while, they'll call me and say, Hey, you want to go fishing? And I'm like, yes. It's, it's not just spiritual gifts. It is spiritual gifts. I, I know, I'm, I'm seeing people in this room right now who are good at surfing. And they'll take people surfing for the first time. And they'll talk to them about God while they're doing that. And they'll give Jesus Christ the glory. But it's like not super... As each one of us are gifted. And, and we'll get into the spiritual gifts later. But, but what are you good at? Are you a happy person? Then let somebody else be happy because you're around them. Are you a smart business person? Then why don't you help someone who's starting up a business? Are you a smart spouse? Which there's no such thing. (laughs) Except for women. All of you are smart. (laughs) Then, then, Then share that. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful, say that word with me, stewards of God's grace in its various Forms, various forms. God's grace takes various forms, but it flows through you if you're a Christ follower. That's heavy too. God's grace is flowing through us as the body of of Christ so that others, we can serve others so that they can receive that grace, so they can see that they, they, they can actually tangibly grab a hold of that grace and say, you know what? This is for real. This, this guy, this woman, they're, they're for real. This is, they're, there's something to them. And it's only because of what Jesus did for us. And, and now First Peter is telling us, look, whatever gift you've been given, 
Whatever gift you've been given. Various gifts. Use it to serve others. Verse 11 says this, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Oh boy. How do you do that? I know in my life, I just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> now, you know what? You do that through reading the, the Bible, the very words of God, and you, you, you pour that into yourself, you shut them inside yourself, and, you know, we've used this illustration before, so when something is squeezed, then whatever's inside of it comes out, the very words of God. So, i got a cantaloupe here, cantaloupe's stewardship. How many of you love cantaloupe? All right, well, I've got one for each service, so if you want some cantaloupe after this. All right, so, here we go. So, I walked up here earlier, and this was like this, and I felt it, and I was like, that's not going to cut that cantaloupe. <laughs> Steve was like, hello. <laughs> All right. I get a little cranked up on Sunday morning, and I don't see things exactly right. So... So if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to throw this knife on So i got this cantaloupe here. So what's inside a cantaloupe? Cantaloupe. Come on. <laughs> There's cantaloupe in here. There's cantaloupe. Watch this. Ooh, that is a nice knife. Very nice. Very well done, sir, whoever did this. Good, actually. Cantaloupe. Now, how do I get it? <clears throat> how do I get another cantaloupe? All right. All right. Kind of gross, actually. See all the seeds? So if I take everything God's given me, and I use it for my own benefit, I eat it all up. Right? I eat it completely up. And then what do I have left? I can't go back out to the Garden of Life and find another cantaloupe because I didn't plant any seeds. But if I use what God's done for me and what, he, what He's given to me, then I, I take some of that, that seed and I plant it out into the, the, the places of others. We'll talk about relationships in just a second. But using what God's gifted me to do. Look, everyone in here can't fly a plane. Matter of fact, that's a scary thought. Because I know some of you. Everyone in here can't teach math. Everyone in here can't be hospitable. I've been to some of your houses and I felt like this is, this is terrible. <laughs> Why are we even here right now? I don't, I don't get this at all. Like, I totally don't get this. Like, yeah, can we go? Raina and I have a code word, which I will not tell you. <laughs> but it, it means it's time to go. This is terrible. <laughs> but li- li- listen, listen. This is like... Where the rubber meets the road, Christianity, and we can get super spiritual and forget at times that God has gifted us with things in our life that we need to share with others. Whatever you do, and, 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 to Him be the glory. So, 
with my life. God's gift to me is my life. What I do with my life is my gift to Him. And so, am I going through life hoarding everything God's given me for personal gain? Or am I going through my life sowing seeds? Sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. It's a good question, isn't it? Cantaloupe stewardship. Because if you eat the whole cantaloupe, there's no more cantaloupes. However, if you use your life for God's glory, to Him be the glory forever and ever. Number two. Keep going. I am a steward of my relationships with others. Oh boy. Philippians 2.5 In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as... Christ Jesus. I mean, this is everyday life right here. And, and, and I, I want to tell you, if, if you just recently met the Lord or you've never read the Bible, this is the most relevant book today at this very moment that there is. There's no more relevant book than the Bible. There's no more great self-help book than the Bible. Because we're relational beings, right? Right? That's who we are. I mean, I don't know about you, but I deal with people all day. And most of us deal with people all day. Or, or at some point in the day. And Philippians is saying right here, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Wow. Do we do that? No. <laughs> I mean, break it down to just like really applicable things. How would Jesus walk through Publix? How would Jesus go in the gas station? Because the pump didn't work. You think he'd get really ticked off and go in and say, I put my card in. But I think the word that you key in on there right there is, is mindset. I'm a steward of my relationship with others. It's a mindset. It's a mindset to, to, to love others. It's a mindset to be nice. It's a mindset to smile. It's a mindset. I don't know when the church started frowning, but it must have been a while ago because a lot of you are older now and you're still frowning. A lot of us are older now, I should say. So, it's a, it's a mindset. I'm a steward of my right. Let's keep going in the scriptures. I got a few right here. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. First Thessalonians says this, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And then Colossians says it this way, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let's walk back through these, Larry. Go back to the point. Above all, in in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then go to the next one. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Let me hone in on family right here. Let me, let, let me just talk to you about people that are really close to you. Because here's the deal. 
You can love someone by doing a good deed, but this scripture says love what? Deeply. Deeply. The, the, the word for that in translation is with great exuberance. Deeply. To love with passion. Deeply. And so we all know what it is to love someone that hurts us. Right? We all know what it is to love someone deeply and expect that love back. And that love is not reciprocated. And then it hurts. It absolutely hurts. We know... we. I mean, unless you're perfect, and if you're perfect, you should be up here next week. We all know what it is to hurt someone. To love deeply. Why? Because love covers over, over a multitude of sins. So in other words, at the end of the day, I've got to put my own agenda aside and love, love, love those who are closest to me deeply, even if they hurt me. Does it make what they've done to me right? No. Makes me right. Because that's what the Bible is telling me to do. To love deeply. To go, to, to go the extra mile. To go uh, out of my way to show kindness. To love deeply. To hold my temper back. To, to take the thoughts that are in my head, not in my heart, hopefully, but in my head, and, and say, you know what, I am, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to respond to that, I'm just going to love deeply. I'm a steward of my relationships. We're, we're stewards, if you're the head of your house, man or woman, you're stewards of your kids. I don't care how old they are. You're still a steward. You're still that voice. You're still that phone call. You're still that email. You're still that person that maybe is the only person in their whole life that's speaking truth into their life. You're a steward. You're a steward of your marriage for sure. Wow. But you've got to love deeply. You've got to go deep. I've been diving many times and, and I've found the best fish that you can shoot, spear, whatever you want to call it, are the ones that are deepest. That's where the prize is. The prize is where you get down there and you go, 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 and you, can't, you think you can't hold your breath any longer, and then there's this big... Are grouper legal? Okay. <laughs> you take that off the internet. <laughs> that was like somewhere else. That wasn't in Florida. The most amazing thing, God created us to be relational beings. And if, if you're guarded and your heart's hard and you're like, I got it going on, I don't need any friends, I don't need, I got this. Can I, can I just challenge you to be a blessing to someone? Can I challenge you to open that hardened heart and say, you know what, I'm going to love deeply again? Because... We were created to do that, and God wants us to do that. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So when you don't know what else to do, know this, you're a steward of your relationships with others. When you don't know what else to do, why don't you just love? Right? Right? 
I think there's a popular band that love is all we need. Love is all. Come on. Love is all we need. Most of you guys are too young. Love others deeply. Because we are a steward of a relationship with others. And I, again, this isn't super theological message, but it's where we all live, right? It's what we do on a daily basis. And the Bible talks a lot about relationships. So here's the idea. Who can you bless this week? Who can you love deeply, starting in your home? Who can you forgive? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Interesting to me that Peter doesn't say doing a lot of good things covers over a multitude of sins. It's interesting to me that Peter doesn't say, hey, if you give this amount, you'll be free from sin. Love. Love. There's people in your life right now that you're having a rough time loving. Would you pray about it this week? Maybe even family members. Pray about it. Because it doesn't only cover a multitude of sins for them, also does for us. The one giving the love, right? The one putting out the love. Last thing. I'm a steward of my relationship with God. Oh, boy. So don't raise your hand. But how many of us read our Bible this week? Now don't raise your hand. I said don't raise your hand. Because you're going to make everybody else feel like crap. How many of us read our Bible this week? So there's 11 verses here. It's rather lengthy, but most of you still look like you're awake, so we're going to read them all. John 15, 1-11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Wow. You go back to the point and you think about this. Not only am I a steward of my relationship with others in my life, starting with my family and my friends, I had this thought, am I a friend to others that I would like to have? And you could ask Jesus that a thousand million, hundred million, billion times, and you'd get the same answer, yes. Because He's our friend. But I have a part to play in that friendship. I have a part to play in my relationship with God. 
Jesus says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. How, how do we get to the point in our life that we, we honestly can say, I know Jesus. I'm at peace with God and I know Jesus. You got to read your Bible. I dare you. I gave somebody a book this week. It's just a devotion with a little scripture in it. And I signed my name. And at the bottom I said, I dare you. I dare you. It, it'll, it'll wreck your life. It'll be uncomfortable at times, but it will change your life. The Word of God will change your life like every day, every hour. Am I being a good steward of my relationship with God? Am I spending time with God every day? Again, this, this is one of those messages that's challenging. Challenge me. Like I'm, I'm writing this going, am I doing this? Am I, am I actually like being a good steward of the things God's given me? Can't do everything, but you can do something. Verse 2 says this, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Can I just tell you this? God stands on the sidelines of your life watching you and loving you until you invite Him into your life. And when you do, what happens is He begins to prune. He begins to cut. And I tell you what, I don't know about you, I don't like being cut. Right? It, it, it's, it's a process. But it's so awesome that John's teaching us right here that, hey, it's the best process. Whatever you're going through today, and if you're a Christ follower, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, whatever you're going through today, just know God's in it. And if you don't see what God's doing, just know He's doing something. Wow. So that we'll be even more fruitful. Where you sowing your seed? How are you pouring into to relationships? And, and are you pouring into the most important relationship? That with God. You may be here today and you might be thinking, you know what? Nothing's working in my life right now. Everything is going like haywire in my life. Our relationships with one another are never going to work unless this relationship's working. Our horizontal relationships aren't going to work unless our vertical relationship's working. So how do you do that? How do you start that? Well, here's what you do. You start slow. Don't, don't say, okay, today I'm going to make a commitment to read my Bible for an hour tomorrow. And you haven't ever read your Bible in the last five years. It ain't going to work. Just let me tell you, I've been there, done that. But, but what about praying for a minute? Asking somebody that you know that walks with God, hey, where's a good place to start in the Bible? John's a good place. First John's a good place. And, and read a couple scriptures and then sit for two or three minutes. Say, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me today? Because I would submit to you, there are so many of us in this room right now that have been walking with the Lord for years and we're super Christians, aren't reading our Bible. 
So don't feel, don't feel out of the club. Let me just tell you. Start slow. Start slow and think, you know what? God, could you just speak to me? And I'm going I'm to step out on this journey because I know that I'm a steward of my relationship with you. Now listen, if you have been walking with God for a while, can I challenge you to get the fire back? Can I challenge you to read the Word? Can I challenge you to get a devotion? Can I challenge you? Like that, this is what this next two weeks is about. It's being challenged by the Word of God. Can I, can I challenge you not to be so busy? I mean, the, the people that I surround myself with, that I try to, they all read the Bible. Not all of them. There's another group that are my projects. But it's true. Because we all need people in our life that don't know Jesus, right? Not intimate, but relationship. But I love getting texts and emails and phone calls from people that, man, you know what I, you know what I saw in the Word this morning? And it challenges me to be that person. Who in your life could you call and say, man, I know what you're going through, but let me tell you what I read in the Bible this morning, and this is how it applies to your life. Because who else is going to call them? You can't spit it out if it's not put in. The Holy Spirit can't bring it out of you when the sponge is squished unless you put it in. And I love being associated with people like that. Because... Most of them have no idea the day they might call me that I am going through a living hell. And all of a sudden there's a word that just goes, bam, and there's a light, and there's something, and it just happens, and God speaks through them. And I'm encouraged, and I'm, I'm going to keep going. Right? Wow. If you're serving communion, you can be dismissed. Let's look at this last scripture. Romans 10, 9-10. I'm a steward of my relationship with God. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You might be here today and say, you know what, I've heard a lot of, like, what does it mean to be saved? I grew up in a church where they didn't really talk about being saved. They just made me do a bunch of stuff and I thought I was good. What, what's it really mean to be saved? What is salvation about? Well, Romans 10, 9 through 10 tells you right here. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty black and white, right? That's pretty plain. Here's an unbelievable, awesome thing about God that religion has not really put out there for our world. God gave us a free choice to choose Him. We're, we're creatures of free will. right? You'll leave here today and you'll decide where you want to eat. You'll leave here today and decide who you're going to root for in the Super Bowl. Unless you don't give a rip. And then you're going to decide something else. But we're, we're all creatures of free will. We, we decide things every moment of our life. Decisions dictate stewardship. So if I'm a steward over my relationship with God, then I've got to make some decisions 
Am I going to read my Bible? Am I going to pray? Or am I going to put my faith in Jesus? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, if I believe up here and confess here, I'm saved. Salvation is not a mystical happening. It's about putting your faith in Jesus. Now, is it a journey? Yes. Is there growing time? Yes, we have to grow in the Lord. Verse 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, God gave me the opportunity to be a steward of my relationship with Him. I have that opportunity. No one else is a steward of my relationship with God. So you take this cantaloupe and you look at all the seeds inside of it, and you got to figure the most important seeds I can sow are my faith in God. I have to have faith to profess and actually believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the Savior. And then I sow that faith and I believe it and I start my journey. We're about to have communion and what a great happening it would be if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never done that. I haven't been a good steward of my relationship with God because I never really understood it that way. Maybe you're here today and that's you. And you say, but I'm ready to do that. I, I feel in my heart that I'm ready to do that. It's, it's easy. It's easy, but it's hard. From your heart, just confess. In, in, your, own, in your heart. So we're going to bow our heads and pray. We have an open communion here. Everyone's welcome to take. We just go by biblical standards that uh, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. And we'll hold that communion and take together. But think about this. If you're here today and you say, you know what? That's me. I've not been a good steward of my relationship with God because I've never really put my faith in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you, man, what a great day to do that. All heads are bowed. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's moving unless you have to. Maybe you're saying, Jason, you know what? That's pretty simple. It is simple. Because God made it simple. It's a journey after the simplicity, but it is simple. If that's you and you say, Jason, I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm ready to, to confess in my heart that, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. If that's you, just slip your hand up really quick so I can see it. Anyone in this room? I see your hand. Thanks. Anybody else? I see your hand. Thanks. I need to do that, man. Today is the day. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Before we pray, anyone else says, I, I need to know Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. I see your hand. What a great decision. That is amazing. Look, if you raised your hand right there where you're sitting, will you just pray this prayer with me? And when we're done with church service today, would you go out to the tent and get a devotion, get a, a Bible It's free, talk to somebody about getting baptized. So just go out there and hang out for a bit. If somebody brought you today, tell them about the decision that you made. But right now, let's just pray together. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And thank you that right now I'm being made into a new creation. 
And right now I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ, He's the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. Took my death and sin on the cross. And I believe, just as Romans talks about, that He was placed in a grave and God rose Him from that grave and He's in heaven today making intercession for me. And right now, God, I thank You for new life. And I thank You for the fact that You're making me into a new creation at this very moment. Forgive me, God, of my sins, as I know you already have. And help me on this new journey. As I go out to the tent and get a Bible and a devotion, help me, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. place please the Bible says the night that Christ was betrayed he was with his best friends disciples stood up from the table he pushed back took the bread and broke it and said this is my body broken for you and I know I say this every month but this is one of the most real moments for me in, in the Bible Jesus said these words whenever you do this remember me so as we take the bread today, would you remember what Jesus Christ has done for us? The Bible says in a like manner, He took the cup. He said, this is the blood of a new covenant. He's talking about what He was about to incur by shedding His blood for the salvation of humanity, dying on the cross. And He said those words again, same words. So whenever you do this, 
Would you remember me? And so as we drink the cup today, let's remember what Jesus did for us. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy showed through Jesus' life. We ask today, Father, as we go forward in this new week, that we would remember what Jesus did for us. We would be challenged to be good stewards of what you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.